Let's give God some praise for the ministry gift of our brother, Pastor Flynn. Amen, amen. Uh, good morning, saints. It's uh, good to see you guys. Good to be here. Uh, you, you guys pray for me. This is uh, a unique experience. I've been preaching for a long time, uh, you know, 20 plus, uh, Pastor Sonny. But in all of that time in my preaching career, and I've done a lot of studying, a lot of writing, never, never, this is the first time ever have I put a sermon on a three by five card. Uh, but the challenge, that there was a challenge given to, to do this method that we're using. And uh, I said, well, I can't do it like I normally do it because I know that won't work. You, you know, so I said, okay, Lord, it's me and you. We're going to uh, just soak myself into this word and just meditate on it, read it over and over again and, and see what comes. You, you know, did a little bit of what I usually do because I couldn't help it. But, uh, you know, I wasn't going to put nothing down, but I just didn't have enough faith to not put nothing down to get up here and do a Pastor Fonz. I mean, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. So uh, here, here we are. So if this is my worst sermon ever, we're going to blame it on Sonny. Uh, I'm sorry, Sharita. <laughs> and hopefully they won't fire me after we do this. Amen. So our guests and visitors, welcome. Kids, you did wonderfully. Uh, we praise God for you. I'm glad that you guys are here on today. If you, if you brought your Bibles, you got your phones, with you, whatever, take a look at Mark. Mark chapter 1 is where we'll find ourselves. And uh, as we get into it, uh, let me guys, let me give you the big grand narrative, the great backdrop as it were. A long time ago, somewhere in the infinity past, the great God of heaven decided to say, let there be. And in a series of let there be's, he created it all, all that we see, all that we know, some stuff we can't see and don't know. It's all been created. And then he decided, you know, let me uh, uh, make some dust and let me scoop some dust together and, and, and form that into man. And, and let me improve upon that, as Pastor Fine said, and, and make woman, right? And, and, and let me put them in the freshest crib ever. You, you know, no Wi-Fi necessary or any of that. And it was perfect and all was good and very good uh, until we messed up, right? We let the enemy come in and and seduce us into going against what the great God of heaven had told us to do. You know, life was simple at one point in time. You, you know, we got a lot of do's and don'ts, a lot of rules to follow in our day and age, right? But there was a time when there was only a one do or don't, just a one. And we blew that, right? We blew that. And in the blowing of that, there came a need that is still incumbent upon all of us, the need to find a way to get back into relationship with this great God who created it all. You know, we work real hard to try through spirituality or whatever we might do to, to reestablish this relationship, but we find, if we're honest, that nothing quite works. And so God, in his great wisdom, in his infinite wisdom, decided to uh, assemble a squad, as it were, and and as my brother is playing the music in my best J.C. Keith, you, you know, uh, routine here, coming to you from Nazareth, the incarnate one, the Lagos, the Word. Give it up for our number one draft pick, none other than Jesus 
the Christ. Who said, hey, make me a body and I'll go and redeem them, right? I'll go and redeem them. But you know what, Father, I need? I, I need a little bit of a squad. And so second on the team as we come from the Old Testament into the New Testament, this one that nobody has ever been like, there's never been another man quite like him. This one who was anointed from very birth, filled with the Holy Spirit before he even got here, none other than John the Baptist. And we saw him last week, we met him. And as we pick up his story, we saw John doing his thing. Because John was out there, guys, you know he was doing. And John, John was a unique brother. I thought about Jake getting Jake up here because I just think about Jake and I think about John, right? John was this kind of guy who hung out in weird places and did weird things. He ate organic honey and organic bugs, right? You, you know, if you didn't know that, you know, locusts and wild honey, and he dressed in, in, in what you might call hemp today, right? With camel's hair, he, you know, his, his clothes wasn't like yours and mine, right? right? He weird, weird stuff and he wore, you know, kind of stuff and he hung out in faraway places and people went to see him. And, and to participate in his ministry, right? And, and as we tune into our story today, as we tune into our story today, because John, John laid the work. John was the guy who paved the way, right? What, what an awesome, what an awesome uh, privilege for God to call John and say, you know what? Prepare the way for my son to come on the scene, right? And, and John had a mega attraction. Don't know why, but he did. Right, right, mega attraction that people would go for miles. And I'm going to show you in a little bit exactly how far people traveled to go and see John. But as we pick up in our story today, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, notice what it says. Now after John was arrested, arrested, dun, 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 breaking news. John the Baptist arrested by corrupt government officials. For more on this, tune in to our man, uh, uh Luke in his third chapter. Because Mark just says John was arrested. And I know you wonder what happened. How'd it go down? Mark doesn't tell us how it went down. He doesn't tell us what happened. All we know is that the, the, the only man drafted in between the testaments to come and, and, and be on Jesus' team was John. And now John is out the picture. And, and so... What, what's the rest of the story then? How does the grand narrative continue? We've lost our, our, second, our second draft pick. We, we've lost him, right? What does Mark say? Well, you know, did, did Jesus say, well, you know, plan's busted. It's over. I lost my, I lost my homie. He's actually my cousin, right? You, you know, he, uh, I guess the, the mission is a failure. Let me pack it up. No, no, notice what it says here. It says, Jesus came into Galilee Proclaiming the gospel of God. Now, because I am who I am, uh, you guys got that map I sent y'all? All right, I'm running around the house trying to find a laser pointer this morning. It didn't have batteries, all right? And I uh, wish I was like eight feet tall. But uh, this is a map of Israel in, in, in the day in which we read, right? Uh, now, you can't see it, but you see everybody see Judea? All right, right above Judea is Jerusalem, right? And, and so about 20 miles east, all right, right smack dab in the middle of this picture, right here next to Korea, to the left of this red twist line, that is the river Jordan, right? And so the people came about 20 miles east to go check out John, 
right? Now, it's not a big deal for us in Detroit as we hop in a ride and we just go, hey. You know, that's like going from, you know, here to Southfield, here to wherever, you know, just go do what we do. But what if you had to walk 20 miles to come check me out? I, I don't think it'd be very many people in here right now if you had to walk 20 miles to come to church, right? And, and right after John is arrested and, and taken back to Jerusalem, Jesus, who started this journey, by the way, up in Galilee, some, some 50 miles, 50, 60 miles north, right? Jesus is from Nazareth. Right, that's 50, 60 miles. So Jesus came down to, to Jerusalem, Judea, to hook up with John to get baptized. And we saw that last week, week before. All right, and then after John gets arrested, Jesus goes back north. Another 50, 60 miles. You say, no big deal. We, we just dip, dip, no problem. Right. How many of y'all will walk 100 miles? How many of you will walk 50 miles to get baptized? I mean, you know, and if you're a horseback, I like horseback riding, but I don't think, a 50-mile horseback ride would feel very good on certain parts. Right? So I wouldn't want to walk it, and I certainly wouldn't want to ride it on a horse, and I wouldn't want to have to do it all over again after my boy got arrested to go back north. Right? So what, what's going on here, Jesus? What is Jesus up to? He's proclaiming the gospel of God. I don't know if you know it. Mark doesn't say much about it. He doesn't make much uh, a fanfare about it, but this is the, the, the inaugural uh, sermon of Jesus as he starts his public ministry. This is where it all starts. After he came up out the water, after he went and got tested those 40 days and 40 nights, bam, he's on the scene. And he is doing his thing and he is proclaiming the gospel of God. You know, it dawned on me like, uh, this might be the, the first or second time we've seen the word gospel in Mark. And, and, and it doesn't seem as though Jesus is coming out with a pamphlet that says, here, here's the gospel. Let me explain it to you. Right? You know, we don't even see the word defined right here. What is the message of the gospel of God? Well, you know, Jesus says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Well, repentance I get, that means to turn around from the way you was going and walk the other way, right? 180, some of y'all be saying it's 360. That means you're back where you started. All right. It's, it's a 180. You're going the opposite direction, right? Right. So, you, you know, you know you repent it when you stop doing something that you used to do or you started doing something that you didn't used to do, that you were supposed to do. All right? So, so Jesus says, I'm dropping this gospel on y'all, and, and the expected response to this gospel is that there will be repentance and belief in the gospel. Okay, great. Repentance I got. Stop doing this. Stop smoking, drinking, cussing. Right? Start speaking. Love just breathing air, right, saying, saying you know, things that are pleasing to the Lord, right? You know, playing the lottery, stop playing the lottery. Going to the casino, stop going to the casino. These are examples of repentant behavior. Does not necessarily mean that you have a repentant heart, but it's at least an example of repentant behavior. You'll find out if you got the heart behind it. If you do the second part, to believe in this gospel, what is the gospel, Pastor Flynn? Mark doesn't tell us what the gospel is, and you just have to wonder, did they already know what the gospel was, right? You know, it was an intriguing question for me. When I had to find out, did they already have a sense of what this gospel was? Well, that's a, that's a word we use in Christian circles a lot. I doubt you say gospel outside the church, unless you're talking about gospel music, right? You know, but we don't even know what gospel music is. That's a tough one to sell. Does everybody that jump up and down, is that, you know, that's 
is the good news. What good news would Jesus be telling them to believe in that he has not defined yet? What is the good news? Well, to, to the Israelites of that day, everybody in the culture knew exactly what the good news is, which is why Mark doesn't have to define it. For, for centuries, they've been waiting for something. Right, right. John the Baptist got prophesied centuries ago, and everybody in Israel has been waiting on the same thing. They're waiting for this long-awaited Messiah to come on the scene to save the day. Now, some of them had the sense that he was going to come save the day and deliver them from some things, some, some captivity or some corrupt government and all of that. But had they read carefully, they would have known that what he was coming to save them from, essentially, was just sin. The, the power of sin in their lives, the presence of sin eventually, the practice of sin, the practice of sin, right? These are the things that the Messiah was going to do. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, he's able to say, I'm coming with this good news. You need to believe in this good news. And they should all hearken back. What have we been waiting for? What have we been waiting for? What have our mothers and grandmothers, fathers and grandfathers been telling us over and over and over again throughout the centuries? Who to expect? Who to look for? Right? He says, believe in this gospel. This is what he says. Repent and believe in this gospel. Now, this is the message. Right? And, and, and you got to ask the question, okay, John's in jail. Jesus is preaching. What's next? How do you follow that up? I mean, you, you know, you might think, boom, Jesus is on the scene, kick in the door, here I am. You know, let me drop this gospel on you. I need y'all to believe in it. Okay, Caesar, I'm coming for you. You know, okay, other world leaders, I'm coming for you. It's time for me to establish my kingdom and show that I am the long prophesied, awaited for Messiah who's coming to, to set everything straight and put everything in order. Reestablish my people Israel as, as who I created them to be, this kingdom of priests, right? You might expect that that's the next move, but that's not what Mark reports. You, you see, Mark reports that Jesus decides to take a walk along the river, right? You, you know, we got a river walk. I mean, have you ever walked on a river walk? All right, okay, great, great. I'm the, all right, wonderful. Now, now, so, so. As we turn our attention back to him, he's, he's doing all of this, right? And he's just going for this walk, and he's going to see some folks, right? Notice what it says, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, right? You know, we have my map back up there. Let me show you the Sea of Galilee right quick, all right? It's right, that little, that little thumb-sized piece of water way up there, that, that, that's, the sea of, that's the Sea of Galilee, right? You, you know, so... Not, not a very big body of water that Jesus is walking along here, right? And he saw some folks. He, he saw Simon and Andrew, and, and they don't get the, the fanfare yet, right? You, you know, all oh, the team now, I want to bring you the, the Fisher Boys. No, no, not yet, not, not yet, right? You know, um, he, he sees these brothers, and... What are they doing? Casting their nets into the sea because they were fishermen. So, so unlike John, who Mark doesn't tell us what happened, and, and unlike Jesus, 
who Mark doesn't give us a whole lot of detail aside from he was proclaiming and doing this. For some reason, he tells us who these brothers are, where they are, what they're up to, what their vocation is. We get a lot of detail, you know, uh, uh, about these brothers. And, and these are the first brothers that Jesus would make a, an, an appeal to, a, a summons to, a call, an invitation, right? Now, pause for a minute. My goal, if I'm Jesus, I'm coming to establish my kingdom, right? You might think, why not stop at the best military school and get all the, get all the guys who are well-established in military strategy and theory who can help me uh, develop an army to, to defeat the Romans? Or why not stop at the, the, uh, you know, the, the think tank of the day, you know, run down to Alexandria, you, you know, and, and eat to the, to the, where all the smart people hang out and get the, the guys and the ladies who all got, you know, 1400s on their SATs and 37s, can't even get a 37 on your ACT, 35, 36, right? Why not, why not grab those, the smart people? So not the military folks, not the smart folks. He going down to what essentially is our river wall looking for cats with the fishing rod off the pier. Now, I don't know about you, but in my mind, as I'm thinking about if I'm going to conquer the world, who I'm going to start with, I'm probably not going to start with a guy who hangs out in the desert, eats organic honey and bugs. And then I'm probably not going to make my second round draft picks, the guys fishing. Now, I, I know a little bit about fishing. My uncle used to take me fishing when I was a little boy. But I don't ever think, you know, if I don't get good at this, my life is a miserable failure. I'm not going to be able to do nothing if I can't figure out how to fish. I know some of y'all have been thinking that. Let me just deliver you. How many people in here have no idea about fishing? Grossed out by the thought of a hook and a worm. All right. All right. Okay. Now, what's the rest of y'all? Y'all like to eat fish, but you ain't fishing. You lying. All right, in church on Sunday, Lord help them. Right? None of us have ever thought that what's going to qualify me to be able to do something great for God is going to be involved in my skill, ability, desire, hopes, wishes, and being able to catch fish. None of us have thought that. And yet, this whole section of scripture that I got is all about. <laughs> Boys who fish. Fellas who fish. This is who Jesus goes after, right? It, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I want to share with you guys, and then I'm going to let you go because I forgot to set my clock. What time did I start? Uh, I started at 1040. Thank you, honey. All right. I'm trying desperately to be the only one who's ever done a half hour. Just going to talk some trash. If I do it, I'm going to talk some trash. All right. <laughs> I want to give you guys, in these next four verses, three or four observations that I made from the text and one application, and then hopefully we'll get out of here and the Lord will have spoken, right? Because I don't want us to miss it. In fact, what I want to do, I'm going to read all the rest of these verses, and then we'll just kind of, I want to direct your vision as we go through. So, picking it up at verse 
17, we read verse 16, passing along the Sea of Galilee, saw Simon and Andrew, brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers, become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. That's my text for today. All right, and we could blow through that thing and not really think a whole heck of a lot about it if we weren't careful, right? And, and so let me give you guys some observations uh, that, 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 that I saw as I read this over and over. The, the first of these observations that, that comes to me from verse 16 is that Jesus was fully aware of who they were, where they were, and what they were doing when he called them. You ever have the, the thought, the Lord, I hear you, but it's not a good season for, for me right now. You, you know, I mean, I, I know I heard you, you know, however you came to me. I had one of my kids tell me the other day, he had a dream. He had a dream, and he shared this dream with me, and I got my Bible out of my drawer, and I showed him in Scripture. That's, that's, what, that's your dream right there. Right, you, you, you know, we got into this deep conversation, and now I'm behind him a book, and all that stuff, part of the ministry at school. I, I didn't set that up, right, right, you, you know, and so I don't know how the Lord may be calling you, what methodology he may choose to get your attention, but, but rest assured, he not said, oh, did I catch you at a bad time? My bad, my, my bad. <laughs> I'll get back to you later when you're not so busy, when the season's right. You, you, you know, that's, that's not typically how he rolls. And so he knows exactly who they are, where they are, what they're up to when he calls. That's not, that's not lost on him. Second observation is that he only asked them to do one thing. You got your Bibles. What's the one thing Jesus asked? He said, follow me. Now, he didn't say, I need you to preach. I need you to heal. I need you to do this. I need you to kick Caesar out. I need you to... Do all this. He didn't give him a whole laundry list of stuff. He asked for one simple thing. Follow me. Isn't it amazing how complicated we make this thing? You know, and I say we because I'm a complicated fella, you you, you know, too. And I I got a lot of questions. And we're going to get to them in a second. But I'm like, he didn't, just follow me. And, And do you know the same question that he it's not even a question, the same, uh, it's not even a plea, it's not a command, but it is, you know, that he gave them. He still gives to all of his disciples, present, potential disciples. Some of us are not disciples yet, and, and, and we're in this place, and I just want to let you know he's calling. How I know, because you're here. Right, you wouldn't be here if he wasn't calling, right? And so, so if you hear his voice, the scriptures tell you, harden not your heart. Right, right, it says today is that day, right? And so, so you're not saying, well, you know, I, I'll answer that call in six months, six years, 16 years, right, right? And it's the same, it's the same exact call, follow, follow me. What, hmm. My third observation, Jesus had no problem interrupting their programs. Now, you may not see that. You say, where you see that at? Verse 19, going on a little further, he saw James, John, and son of Zebedee, James' brother, who were in the boats, mending their nets. 
So it's not like, hey, fellas, when, uh, when, when, you, when you get a lunch break, let me talk to you for a second. You know, I, you know, I know you guys are union boys, so when you get a coffee break, you know, your 15 minutes, just let me holler at you right quick on your 15 minutes. That's not the approach that Jesus took with these brothers. He, he, for some reason, he thinks he, he just has the audacity to interrupt them while they are in the midst of working. How, how many uh, of you guys have some experience with Jesus interrupting your regularly scheduled program? <laughs> that, that, that's something right there. You, you, you know, I, I wonder for a minute, you, you know, because we can read it so fast. I mean, zoom back in on verse 17 right quick. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. That's how we read that, right? Right? So, so I want to interject, wrongly or rightly, a pause in between verse 17 and 18, because that's who I am. Right? Because, because I would have heard Jesus, and I would have heard what he had to say, and then it would have been a pause. Stop the presses. Because I need to interpret what you just said, Jesus. I need to think about what you just said. Right? You, you know, I got questions. Now I'm working. Me and my brother, we working. We doing nets and doing fish, and you just asking me, basically, to stop doing this and follow you. So, being the practical guy that I am as a fisherman, I want to know, well, what's the 401k plan? <laughs> are there any benefits? What's the salary? What are the working hours? What are the working conditions? Right, right, because we don't get to guess about how they interpreted this. It's clear from the text they interpreted this as him not saying, hey, can you hang with me today? It's clear that he's not saying, hey, I started a new club. Can you join my club? We meet monthly. Hey, I got a choir, and we rehearse weekly, and I just want you to be a part of that choir. Right? It's clear that Jesus is not saying that by their response that they, they didn't give two weeks notice. How rude of them. Right, right. It's clear that they interpret his statement to come follow them as a life-changing, radical moment that, that is going to forever alter their trajectory. That, that, that's what's clear. We don't get to, to, to uh, you know, we don't get to debate about that based on their response. And so now you might understand why a guy like me might have questions. And maybe a person like you might have questions when Jesus comes along, interrupts your regularly scheduled program, and says something audacious like, follow me. You want to know, well, well, you know what, how is this all going to work out? You, you know, I mean, am I going to be able to feed my family? Uh, some of these brothers are married. You, you know, I mean, it's legitimate to think about how am I going to provide for myself? You know, uh, can I store up for the future? You, you know, what's work, what's going to be involved in this? Is it dangerous? Can I lose anything in this? These are all very legitimate questions that apparently have no bearing whatsoever in this moment as Jesus makes the request and as they respond to it. Some of us, and if you guys got, to, got me ready, queued up, some of us interpret Jesus' call to follow him like this. Somebody pushed the button on the, the song I wanted y'all to... You know, just that, 
cut. What's that? Mission Impossible. Some of us look at the call of God like that. Mr. Smith, I have a mission for you. If you choose to accept it, if you blow it, I will disavow you. Right, right? Mrs. Smith, young Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith, there's a lot of Smiths in the front row. <laughs> Mr. Moss, I got a mission for you. Right? What is it, Lord? Give me, give me the details right now. Where is the tape that's going to explode in 10 seconds? No, no, the mission is to follow me. See, we're waiting for the tape that's going to explode, start smoking in 15 seconds. But the mission is exactly the same for all of us because all of us have this call to follow him. I, I, I rather prefer for us to think about the mission in this way. All right. Now, what's that? See, so all the really spiritual, sanctified people, they, they know what that is. And those of you who don't, I'm praying for your deliverance right now. That, that is the theme music from Star Trek. Now, what do we see in Star Trek? We see a grand adventure full of unknown possibilities, meeting, going to strange places and meeting strange people, right, right, on behalf of the Federation. For the moment, the Federation will be the kingdom of God. Right, right, right. And, and you get to choose whether to get on this, inter, this enterprise, this ship. You get, to, you get to make that choice. Follow, don't follow. You don't get to choose. You're not the captain. So you don't get to choose where we go, how fast we go, what adventures we have. Right? You, you, you know. It's not an impossible mission because it doesn't depend on you or me. Right, right, right. I don't need to do superheroic feats to bring about the kingdom of God. I, I don't, because if I do, we're in trouble. I've long ago discovered superheroic feats ain't in my wheelhouse. Right? I'm, some days it's just, I spent all day yesterday in the bed just because I could, and that's a rare thing for me, and I needed to, because the season had just wore me out. Right? And, and maybe you have days like that, where the season wears you out, but the season wearing you out shows you something about yourself. That, that, that we are finite, we are weak, right? On our best days, we still come up short, right? And so, so the, the mission is impossible if it depends on me. And if it depends on you, and if I get all of us together, it's still impossible, right? And, and so he's not saying, come save the world for me. It's not what he's saying. He's simply saying, come, follow me. Now, you may be lost on the word follow. It literally means to follow after in the Greek here. But, what, you know, what you got to know about following is that typically that means, all the time, it means you're behind somebody. Right? Because they got to lead for me to follow. Otherwise, I'm out front and I'm leading and I don't know where I'm going. How many have tried that? Like, Jesus, I got this. Get out, get out, get out. I got this. Okay, hold on. No, Jesus, you get back. You get back. <laughs> I tried that. <laughs> you know, but you got short memory, so you do it again next week. <laughs> and, you, 
it's a nice hustle we doing with Jesus. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, we, we do so much better in this, in this follow spot. You, you know, I, I want to give you an extra observation for free because it, 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 it just, uh, I noticed it. We see the word immediately twice in this text. We see it concerning the disciples on one time and it's concerning, concerning Jesus on the other. The first guys he calls, it says immediately. They drop their nets and they follow him. Man, I want to be like that. I ain't there. All right. I, I'm not. I still got a process with Jesus. Can I, can I ask some questions, Lord? Just, just hold on. <laughs> I got questions. I need to know. Right, right. You, you, you know, and maybe you like that. Maybe you're not. I don't know. The second group, he comes. He, keeps, he walks on down. And it says immediately Jesus speaks to them. So, so immediately, twice, once with respect to the disciples, once with respect to Jesus. Well, what, is all, what is all this showing? Those earlier observations uh, uh, give, us, give us this clue that, that uh, uh, who he is. Right? I call it audacity. That's the wrong word, quite honestly. It's authority. Right, right. He, he's got the authority. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what? I'm the guy who made you. Of course I can come interrupt your schedule. I know you didn't think about that. Right, right. So when we start thinking these thoughts about how dare he, doesn't he know what's going on in my life right now? Yes, he does. And in fact, it's a great gift for him to interrupt your regularly scheduled program because your regularly scheduled program is going to have me, old school, got me going in circles. Oh, round and round I go. Some of y'all don't know that. It's okay. Right, right, right. Because that's what your regularly scheduled program does. It's got, got you going in circles. And sooner or later, we got to get tired of getting off the, off the merry-go-round. We got to get off the merry-go-round. Right? And so he comes in, and he immediately interrupts. Praise God for an interruption. Pray, praise God that you decided on that day, at that point in time, to come and take me out of the drudgery of just living for the day. You got to fish again tomorrow. You got to fish again the next day. You got to fish again the next day. Hoping and a wishing that you're going to get enough so you don't, maybe you can take a day off of fishing. You, you ever think about it? How much time I got, baby? I'm over. Don't go on that. You just said, you said 40, like two minutes ago. All right. Oh, well, I guess I won't be talking no junk. All right. I'm four minutes over. Okay. I'm going to take four more minutes. And then, so I'm, I'm a, Fines went 10 last week, so as long as I beat Fines, I'm good, right? So many of us are just preoccupied with just living a life that will get me just what I need for the moment, right? Got enough money to pay the bills this week, got enough food to eat this week, wash, rinse, repeat. Is that really the kind of life that we want to live? Is there more to this thing than just getting my basic needs met and just being in the rat race of getting my basic needs met? Is there more to this thing? You know, earlier, Jesus said, I'm going to make you become fishers of men, right? Now, it wasn't that their skill at fishing made them particularly suited to become fishers of men, or else Jesus wouldn't have to say, I'll make you become, right? So, so it has nothing to do with your vocation going in to what he has you do for him, 
Right? So, so I want to make sure we know that. Right? Just because I was a teacher over here doesn't mean when I say yes to him, I'll be a teacher over here. Right? I could suck as a teacher over here. And he might want me to be just the guy who puts the chairs up. Praise God for that. Right? So, so too often we think I don't have the right resume to do what you want me to do, Jesus. And throw that away. He says, I will make you become fishers of men. Right, right? And so that, that's super significant because when you fish for fish, you eat the fish, you sell the fish, you got to get more fish, and it's a never-ending process. When you fish for men, once you caught them, first of all, they're not yours, right? You're catching for somebody else. He does this transformative work. They're caught forever. They're caught forever. They're on into the kingdom. You have now just done something that has eternal value that can never be taken away. No matter how much money I make at Southfield Public Schools, I need more money. Right? But do you know the person that I led to Christ 25 years ago is still his? I don't have to watch Prince repeat on, on that. And the person I'm working on leading to Christ right now, should they get caught, they're, they're his forever. That's an eternal thing that God used little old me, knucklehead from the east side, to do when I say yes to following him. Wow, man, that blows my mind that he would take me away from just the humdrum of everyday life and just try to get my knees met and use me in the grand narrative of saving the world. That's heavy stuff. And, and so I leave you with a single question to ponder in application, how will you respond when Jesus asks you to follow him? Now, here's what I know. You've heard this message, so he's already called, right? And I don't want you Christians to think that I'm not talking to you because Following Jesus is not a one-time decision. It is an everyday decision. Every day you get out of bed, he gives you breath in your lungs and strength in your legs to get up. The same question is before you. Will you follow me today? You got to answer in the affirmative every day, or that's the day you turned your back on Jesus. For however long that happens, for those of you who are not Christians, yet, it's, it's right there in front of you. He's saying it right now. I, I interrupted your regularly scheduled program. I brought you to Detroit Church, who happened to be on the east side for reasons unknown to us. You ended up here, and that's the message today. Is Jesus walks up on you while you're doing your thing and says, yo, I want you to roll with me. Come follow me. What do you do with that? I can't answer that for you. I got to leave that with you right where you are because that's where Mark leaves us off today. Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church. 